All right, welcome to Defenders of the Bank. I am your host, the swashbuckling sensei of the shoey, Philly. With me as always, the sultan of scarves, the terror of threads, the king of knits, JR, the scarf, Liebert. I think that might be my favorite introduction that you have ever done, my friend. This was quite a day, Philly. Quite a day. It really is. What are we calling today's show, Scarf? We're calling it Pointing in the Right Direction. Emphasis on the point in pointing. Indeed. I like what you did there. What a game today and what a day we had. We are coming to you from world-famous Philomonster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California on Sunday morning. Ooh, good morning. This is already a late night, and it's been a long day. (laughs) We would have loved to have recorded and finished this pod earlier, but Scarf, we were at the bank today. We were there for hours. Hours. First to catch the black and gold take on the Philadelphia Union. We did that. Then to witness history in the making at Bank of California Stadium as Iron Maiden and the Legacy of the Beast Tour rolled through the doors of the bank. It was unreal. Look, I got to say, I'm really glad that you convinced me to look for a ticket. Equally grateful to Jonathan of D9U. You guys know him as the Ultra Gringo. Jonathan, thanks so much for extending the offer to join you at the concert tonight 1000 percent worth it what blows me away is that man is 70 years old on stage and sounds as good as his earliest records like 50 years ago absolutely unbelievable philly awesome show tonight at the bank man it absolutely was they blew the roof off of the bank no roof oh they blew the windows out no, no windows they, they they blew the doors off? I think we only come through gates, no doors. Those are gone too? Those are gone. Let's hope the pitch survived. But man, what an awesome show. So we good. can do a pod simply on the greatness that is Iron Maiden. But we aren't defenders of the beast. We are defenders <laughs> of the bank. And on today's show, we are going to give you the usual. We're going to give you this day in LAFC history. Ooh. We're going to give you our match recap. We're going to give you our supporter shield update with the scarf. Yep. There's going to be news from us. I'm going to talk about what I did earlier with the Black and Gold Run Club. Yeah, it was an even longer day for you. Oh, yeah, man. This day was really, really long. And without further ado, we are beyond two minutes to midnight. We are certainly acting as troopers, staying up after the show instead of running to the hills. You hear what I'm doing, bro. I hear what you're doing. (laughs) Okay, give us our numbers of the beast. Give us our this day in LAFC history. All right. Well, like you said, Philly, it is now Sunday morning. That's right. It is September 15th today. Of course, we played the game on the 14th. September 15th, we got a couple of birthdays, actually. First, born in 1988, Yuka Raidala. And I know you guys are thinking, wait a minute, I don't know who that is. He never played for black and gold. You're absolutely right. Yuka Raidala never played for the black and gold, but he was drafted by us in the expansion draft our very first year, 2018. And we promptly traded him along with Raheem Edwards to the Montreal Impact for our first captain, the general himself, who will be back at the bank next Saturday, Laurent Simon. So happy birthday, 
Yuka Raidala. Yuka Raidala also, by the way, scored an own goal for us while we were playing against him in Montreal. So perhaps he still had a little bit of love for the black and gold, even though we traded him. Also born on the 15th of September, it was Wade Hamilton. And everyone's going, wait a minute, that guy didn't play either for the black and gold. You're absolutely right. He was a 2019 preseason trialist, and he was banking on becoming the first player to go from the Carson organization to the better team in Los Angeles. Of course, that didn't happen, and we are super happy with our two backup goaltenders, both Pablo Cisniega and our friend of the podcast, Philip Ejimadu. But happy birthday to Wade Hamilton. Also, on the 15th last year, we drew 1 1 with the New England Revolution, a goal by Marco Urania in the 52nd minute. But as was the case for most of last season, it was a goal surrendered in the 82nd minute. And of course, that was Dodgers night at Bank of California Stadium. A lot of people stood in line for that blue Dodgers LAFC t-shirt when they got to the bank. And it was also the 300th MLS regular season match coached by Bob Bradley. And that is this day in LAFC history. Ah, the numbers of the beast. Thank you, Mr. King of the Knits. (laughs) Thank you know you, you like that. You're welcome. You sultan of Scarfew. Look at you. You're trying to butter me up here. Hey, hey. Is, flattery gets you everywhere as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you got me here in Tefillah Monster Studios. So there you go. <laughs> this is the 59th time, so clearly I'm doing something <laughs> well. All right. Now, LAFC comes into the city of brotherly love. Scarf, you know what, man? I never quite understood the statement. Having grown up within two and a half hours of Philly, I can't say I've ever seen brotherly love in that town. To end any confusion, the reason why they call me Philly isn't because I'm from Philadelphia. No, it is not. I'm from New York City. Not the suburbs, but the city. Philly is short for my last name, which is Philemon. Now that we have that out of our way, a little bit of a history lesson. Philadelphia was founded by William Penn. Penn named the city Philadelphia, which is Greek for brotherly love, from philos, love, or friendship, and adelphos, brother. Now, as a Quaker, Penn had experienced religious persecution and wanted his colony to be a place where anyone could worship freely. Now, the Quakers actually were credited with having acquired their land from the Native Americans that inhabited it in an open and honest way. Philly also happened to be the first of 13 colonies to oppose slavery. Now, that is fascinating stuff. I love history, and it can't hurt to get any smarter. I feel more intelligent for knowing this. (laughs) Usually it's me. I bring a lot of Latin and Greek references, but you're absolutely right, man. Philadelphia, those are two Greek roots you got there. I love that. From brother and love. My favorite, though, also. (laughs) Brother love. That's all, man. I love you. Also, by the way, did you know Pennsylvania literally means Penn's forest? That's right. Or woods. Yeah, Yeah, either one. Because Silva. In Latin is Forest, and Penn is the guy's name. So Penn's Silva, Pennsylvania. I just wonder what William Penn or any of the Quakers, being how happy and docile they were, would have thought of life going to an Eagles game or to witness the Mets play the Phillies (laughs) in Citizens Bank Ballpark, whatever they call it. Eagles fans, same fan base that threw batteries at Santa Claus. It did happen in 1968 in a game against the Vikings, but not much has changed. No offense to any of our listeners who are Eagles or Flyers or Sixers 
or Phillies fans, but let's just say I'm not chomping at the bit, neither is Scarf, to go out there to Philadelphia and catch a ball game. I remember as a student in junior high, we took a class trip to Philadelphia. One of the spots we visited was the Edgar Allan Poe House. I don't recall that much about the house, but what I do recall is the fact that some Philadelphia moron was honking and yelling at our yellow bus for going too slow. A bus full of sixth graders, and he's shouting profanities at us. The fun part, though, was you shouting them back at him. Ah, yeah, we won't talk about that. (laughs) But I wonder if Union fans are similar. What we do know is that the Union got a little chirpy after they beat Atlanta 3-1 to on August the 31st. You said it in the Minnesota recap. You don't want to poke the bear. And they may have poked the bear, Scarf. Yeah, you know, they said that on August 31st when they were in first place. And then they came into this game today in third place. So I'm not sure what that means for their long-term prospects for the season, but, you know, congratulations. You're now in second place in the East. Nah. You're only five points behind the team in front of you and 12 points behind us in the overall Supporter Shield standings. So, I mean, yay for you guys. Good job. Yeah. Now, LAFC, having clinched the Western Conference playoff top spot and securing an invite to the 2020 CONCACAF Champions League, those away days could be a lot of fun. Or... You and I are just going to be spending a lot more money getting tickets to that game in our section. I love our club scarf. Yeah. We definitely pay a lot of extra money for these extra games, and I am excited. And as you are, I'm sure, that we qualified for this 2020 CONCACAF National Champions, whatever the heck, tournament we're going to go into. But unless we're on the road, you and I are going to spend more money. No, for sure. No, that's okay. You know, it's... There are other clubs out there that do things like, you know, give the preseason for free or, you know, give open cup games for free or something like that. But you know what? Hit, hit, nudge, nudge. You, you got to break a couple eggs to make a good omelet. And we certainly have an incredible omelet going on at LAFC. And look, here's the more exciting part. I think we can look forward to either next year or the year after having that friendly at the bank against Peñarol. And I can't wait to see who we might draw and hopefully play them at home in CONCACAF Champions League because that just gives us another fantastic team to bring to the bank and put more eyes on the phenomenon that is the 3252 LAFC's entire crowd, the spirit, the energy, the living, breathing organism that is Bank of California Stadium. I absolutely can't wait for a Champions League game. I can't wait to host another MLS playoff game. We're getting closer and closer. Just four games left in the season, but we had to get through this one in Philadelphia first. No doubt. Coming in, we're still the best in the West and the best in MLS. We come to Philly for the first time in our young history. Now, the last time these two teams faced each other was June 30th of last year when the Union visited the bank. And we thrashed them 4-1. to one. That's right. LAFC was fueled by a hat-trick from Adama Diamande. Scarf, Dio, was unbelievably dominant during that World Cup period where we saw a few of our players away on international duty. Dio scored in the 25th, the 43rd, and the 55th. He got the player of the month, and deservedly so. Yep. Adama established himself as an unbelievable 
player that season. And you know what? Our star man, Latif Blessing, also came through with the fourth goal that happened in the 90-plus-6 minute. The Union last season finished 6th in the East with a record of 15, 5, and 14. But this Union team is so much different than last year's team. As of now, they have already equaled last season's win count, and they currently are sitting in second place behind a red-hot NYCFC team that unfortunately won again today against the Smurfquakes. We'll talk about that more in our Supporter Shield update later on. Indeed, the Union is sitting at 15-6-8 prior to this matchup with a plus-12 goal differential. Their last five matches, they're 4-1, man. They beat DC United 5-1. They beat Houston 2-1. They lost on the road to the fire 2-0. That's fine. Whatever. DC United, they beat 3-1 again. And here's the one where they started to get chirpy scarf. They beat Atlanta 3-1 at the Talon Energy Center in Philadelphia. They are playing quite well. Now, we, on the other hand, we're stalling a bit, Scarf. Yeah, you know, just two wins in our last five. Of course, a couple of ties on the one bad loss. Look, here's the thing. I don't like backing into the playoffs, and we still have four games left, but I would really like us to get a little bit of momentum as we move towards this latter half of our season. But you know what, Philly? What a lot of people don't realize about Major League Soccer is that the season is so, so long. Think about this. What's the one sport that everybody always complains about how long the season is? Every single year. Baseball. That's right. Baseball. I'm not trying to say that this equates to teams playing 162 games, but Major League Baseball season is actually almost two months shorter. That's right. Shorter. If you include spring training, you include preseason, you include playoffs, you include making it all the way to the World Series or to the MLS Cup final, Major League Baseball is actually two months shorter. Remember, we start playing preseason games in February. We finish MLS Cup in November. That means you have most of November, all of December, all of January off. You start training again in February. It is a long, long season. So for a lot of these players, especially guys like Beta and Harvey and maybe even Walker Zimmerman, guys like Latif who are running themselves ragged all over every game, it was a little bit of a blessing for us to go through this bit of turmoil because it allowed Philly for everybody to get healthy as we saw in the Kaiser Permanente injury report. It was really nice to look on there and only see the one name who we knew we could count on being on that injury report and nobody else. And that was obviously just Javi Perez coming off of the ACL injury. People don't realize, Philly, how long the Major League Soccer season is. Yeah, no kidding. We've had our worst run of the season, but in all fairness, we haven't been at full strength and we've been without our best player the current golden boot leader in the MLS who happened to make his presence felt today. And I'm talking about none other than Carlos Vela. Now, it could be worse, Scarf. It could be Carson. They have been putrid since that win against LAFC at the Digs. They did lose a 3-1 lead against us. 
other than that, they've basically been playing. To describe them, they've been playing like a word that rhymes with zit for the rest of the season. These guys are on the verge of creating some more history. Hopefully Sporting Kansas City and the Fighting Benny Failhobbers steal a win from them at the digs when they play. I can't say tomorrow because we're currently in today. But today. Now, Philly wasn't going to be a walk in the park. And I really don't think any of our fans anticipated that that was going to be the case. Philly has either been in first or second for the majority of the season. They've got a talented team. They've got a German forward with a not-so-German name by the name of Casper. You want to fill in the gap on that one? I, I believe it's Prisbilko. Yeah. Yeah, I'll he go with that. He leads the union with 13 goals, and unfortunately, he padded those stats. Yes, he did. They also have Marco Fabian, who has 42 caps with L3, and he also spent some time with Eintracht Frankfurt in the German Bundesliga, and of course, Alejandro Bedoya. Yeah. 66 caps with the U.S. men's national team, and quite honestly, the voice of the year in the MLS thus far. Right. His goal against DC United in DC led him to picking up a mic and calling out Congress to do something about gun violence following the mass shootings that occurred in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. Props to him for being outspoken. Him as well as the rest of the union, they're no pushovers. We expected a very tough matchup going in a talent energy stadium, and that is exactly what happened, Scarf. Yeah, you know, we were the favorites coming into this game, but it was one of those games that, you know, when we have seven guys coming back from international duty and we have an duty. eighth <laughs> and we have an eighth player coming back from a relatively long-term injury like we had for a couple of weeks down Carlos Vela, it looked for a little bit like we had to find our sea legs a little bit get, getting everybody back together but it was a very standard lineup. Of course, we come out in the 4-3-3 Philly, and it was everybody who we thought we would have coming out for LAFC, right? Indeed. It was a general lineup that we've had all season. 4-3-3, we had Miller behind the goal. We had Beta, Zimmerman, Segura, Harvey. Kayatuesta, Blessing, Vela, Rossi, and Dio. Who'd Philadelphia have, Scarf? Look, Philadelphia trots out a great lineup in the 4-2-3-1. And a couple of players you mentioned, obviously, between Prisbilko, Fabian, and Bedoya. Those are their most potent guys on the attack. But I want to mention Aronson here for a quick second. He was one of their starting forwards as well. Kid is 18 years old. And he's one of those that I think if you watch Aronson play for the remainder of the season and then see what he can do next year, he might be one of those that we're talking about in two or three or four years that's looking to play somewhere in Europe. I think he's going to be that good. He didn't have a lot of impact on today's game, but he's one of those kids that I think is great. And then, of course, on their back line, people forget that Blake is the not only just the goalkeeper, but sometimes acts as the captain for Jamaica's national team. That's right, the Reggae Boys. If you're watching Peter Lee Vassal play for the Reggae Boys, you're also watching Andre Blake. I think I called him Aaron before. Andre Blake, that's his name. 
you're also watching a world-class goalkeeper play for Jamaica and, of course, for Philadelphia Union. He made an incredible save today, which we'll get to at one point. But a real solid lineup. This Philadelphia team, they can definitely do some things in the East, although I absolutely do not think with both NYCFC and Atlanta that Philadelphia is going to be that team that represents them when they have to come to Bank of California Stadium to play in the MLS Cup Final. No, that's probably not the case. But going back to Blake, he had an impact early on in this game. And we should probably get into the game itself. Three minutes in. Three minutes. Oh, We played sloppy. There was a lot of errant passing. There was a lot of balls that we were like, oh, God, what the heck is going on? And you know what? It all started with Blake. Blake had a long bomb of a ball. And it connected. There was a great header, and unfortunately, Philadelphia's leading scorer, the German with the Polish name, Scarf. Yeah, Przybilko. He scored his 14th goal of the season as he headed one to the upper right corner past the overstretched arms of Tyler Miller, and within the time it would take for you to go to the fridge, crack open a Michelob (laughs) Ultra Lights, Philadelphia, ugh. Goes up one to nothing on LAFC. Ugly, ugly, ugly. Look, I will say this. I I thought Jordan Harvey got beat. He came up, gambled a little bit, and couldn't find his way to recover. I also thought Tyler was a little off of his line, maybe a little high there. I didn't think that Prisbilko got enough on the header for that to have gotten past. I mean, Tyler barely got off the ground there, which was a little frustrating. But I got to tell you, What was the most frustrating at all is here we are three minutes in to the game and this is already happening. I mean, guys, come on. It is far too early and far too important of a time for us to be giving up a goal in the third minute and already now you're playing catch up for the next 87 minutes potentially of the game Really frustrated that that happened. But again, a beautiful through ball. I mean, look, the pass was right on the money from Fabrice Picault. It was a beautiful pass. Found Chris Bilko in the back of the net. Down one nothing. Real frustrating. I didn't know if we would be able to come back from this so early on. Tyler Miller coming so far out in goal after the 10th minute, and I thought, dude, why are we playing nervous? We're passing tentatively. We're not moving the ball through the middle of the field. They were doing a great job, the union were, at pressing us pretty high, getting us off of our game. And I thought, you know what? I said it in the 15th minute and the 16th minute. They were being really physical with us. Of course, Dio goes down a couple of times. Stop me if you've heard that before. A couple of other no calls. What I wrote in my notes, Philly, at the end of the 16th minute, are we going to match their physicality? And we'll find out at the end of the game. But, oh, my goodness, in the 22nd minute, I thought we were going to be down 2 nothing now because Pris Bilko comes in and absolutely undresses Eddie Segura oh, and Mark Anthony K. Oh, he blew right by him. Absolutely blew right by him. Fortunately for us, nothing materialized as a result of that. Shortly after that, in the 23rd, Vela threaded the needle to Rossi, but Blake was there to intercept. Now, the 24th minute, at this point, Tyler Miller already has a goal that got past him, but he really got tested. He ended up getting a hand on a ball that could have been the second Philadelphia Union goal, but thankfully... He was there to thwart that effort. 
Yeah, great save there by Tyler Miller. I mean, really ranging to his right, diving, getting a paw on it, knocked it away. Again, we're looking tentative. We're playing on our back heel. You know, Diego Rossi makes a nice run in the 25th, but again, 31st minute. If they don't miss a header in the box, it could have been maybe two or three nothing that we are down and the wheels would have just come off. Can we talk about first the rocket that Eduardo Tuesta took in the 35th minute? Andre Blake barely got a piece of it, but Philly, I think what we're doing is finding a guy who has confidence shooting from outside the box and Eduardo Tuesta. Oh, you know what? You want to see that kind of an effort. Like, our players don't necessarily shoot outside of the box with consistency. You want to see that kind of aggression. And Atuesta had that. And you know what? He almost bested Blake. Blake got a hand on it. In fact, it might have been like a fingernail because Edward had a great shot on there. Blake is a really good goalkeeper. And I'm going to tip my hat off to him because... If he didn't have the wherewithal and the skill that he would have had, Edward would have notched in another goal. And you know what? We could have been tied at that point. But shortly after that, yeah, shortly after that, we're talking a mere what? Eight minutes after that. Carlitos! After being sidelined with a hamstring strain, comes in, scores a beautiful goal. Notching in his 28th goal of the season. And thankfully... Thankfully, thankfully, LAFC ties the game one-to-one. Philly, what was unique about that goal, though? Carlitos with the right foot. Let's talk about a couple things. First, you're absolutely right. Mark Anthony Kay on a beautiful pass, a little chip over Andre Blake, caught Andre Blake playing too far out, tries to chip it. The ball comes off the crossbar, and Carlitos coming in from that left side absolutely just took a blast at a ball, a one-timer that bounced off of one or two or maybe even three Philadelphia Onion players. And I (laughs) could not believe I saw Carlos Vela score a goal with his right foot. That was the first one that I can remember this season. Talking about where he sits all time now, only one other player in Major League Soccer history has ever reached 28 goals in a season. And, of course, that was last year's Joseph Martinez with 31. Carlitos now with the second most goals ever scored in an MLS season. And, of course, extending his record 43 points on the season. And if I could go into Scarf Stradamus mode here for just a second, we have four games remaining. He is seven points away from 50. I am predicting that Carlitos will land on 49 points for the remainder of the season. He is going to get six, count him six more points over our last four games as we are going to win out. That's right, four straight wins to close the season. And it's getting close. We're going to talk about the Supporter Shield update with the scarf really soon. But after Carlitos' goal... There really wasn't a whole lot to really talk about. Like, we go into the second half, and, you know, Dio had a really good shot, stopped by Blake. Carlos had major ankle breakage in the 56th oh, minute. Oh, beautiful. Nothing really occurred as a result of that. Philly, did we ever find out what happened in the 60th minute? It looked like 
when Prispilko came in, he had his hands out wide. He he, was, he knew he was offside. I think he thought he was offside. Referees kept playing on. I, I don't know what happened. It led to a great chance on a corner that was pushed just wide by Philadelphia. They never went to review. They never stopped play. They never did anything. But LAFC just stopped playing. And by the way, speaking of stopping playing, in the 65th minute, Carlos Vela got to stop playing. And Raito, Brian Rodriguez, checks in for his first is this his first game on the road his first game on the road and you know what we were talking about this with al the director of match day presentation while we were hanging out in the fields before the iron maiden concert and he mentioned that he didn't think carlos would go the full length of the game and you know what he was correct he was right in fact he called out the correct minute 65th minute carlos comes out and you know what that's fine raito showed some impressive Footwork. He almost scored in the 68th minute. He broke some ankles and took a really good shot. Unfortunately, it fell past Blake and honestly past the uh, the goal. Yeah, Philly, you actually came over and talked to me about it. We were at free play watching the game before we went into Bank of California Stadium. And I noticed when you and I were cheering there in the 65th minute for Vela as he was coming out, there was another table clad in youtube black jerseys of course lafc fans we had a couple 3252 shirts over there it was a really cool group of people and i couldn't help but notice there was one guy in a green collar polo shirt who he just wasn't quite cheering as much really wasn't into the game so i went over i said hi i was talking with them for a little bit and i went to shake his hand he goes i don't know you might not want to you know i'm a galaxy fan and I said, you know what? That's okay. Let's talk. And we had this great conversation. Turns out he's never been to a game at Bank of California Stadium. And I said, look, all I want you to do is to come to one game at the bank just to see what that atmosphere is like. See what you think about the environment, the energy, the enthusiasm, the effort, the, like we called it before, the living, breathing organism that is Bank of California Stadium on match day. And you know what? He didn't say no. I'm not so sure he said yes, but he didn't say no. He wouldn't be coming out to a game. So I told him, I said, look, I'll buy you a ticket, bud. Just hit me up on Instagram. We will get this guy a ticket. I just want to get him out to the bank so he can catch one game. I have a feeling that he's going to give up his fandom if he can just be there for one game. But Philly, as soon as I got back, we were all standing there watching over at the television next to the bar. They, they brought in my fellow uh, LMU Lion, Adrian Perez. Oh, yeah. He came into the game, and I really thought between him and Raito that there was going to be a goal that was going to be scored. Would have been great. Unfortunately, there was nothing that happened during any of those substitutions. And for the most part, really nothing worth mentioning for the rest of the game. Well, I mean, Philly, there is one thing I want to make sure we mention. The fact that Dio almost turned into Uno when he took a shot to the uh, dude, he that to the was Norwegian, uh, you know, Nards. I, I mean, yeah, no, that was bad. If you guys watched the replay on that, by the way, Dio literally took a shot straight to the junk. But no, what I want to talk about <laughs> is, and I and I said this. After the last game, when Max Bredos brought this up on the telecast, the last five games of the season, last game, this one we're talking about, and the final few, they are all on YouTube TV. And look, I know that our sponsors and our owners 
our YouTube, right? But last game, marred by technical difficulties on the broadcast. We thought Dorian wrecked things in Orlando. <laughs> this game, marred by more technical difficulties. After the 75th minute, you mentioned it. It made me laugh. It kind of looked like a scene from Benny Hill where they speed everything up as everyone's being chased around. I mean, it was the final 15, 20 minutes of the game. Come on, guys. Like, these are our most important games, our most crucial time, and we can't get the broadcast right. Please, YouTube TV is like $55 a month. Can we at least get a good feed for the premier flagship broadcast across the entire network? I implore you, please, for the millions and millions of LAFC fans out there, YouTube, please. Help a brother out. Get your broadcast right. I also just want to quickly mention, in the 82nd minute, Beta came off for Tristan Blackman. We love Tristan. Such a nice dude. But you're absolutely right. Nothing much happened. Although, Philly, you and I, we had a hold on to your butts moment there, right in the 90th plus, what, three or four? Oh, yeah. When Philly came down and almost scored there on their last possession of the game. We looked like we were content with just playing it out for a tie, but Philly got the ball back. Almost put it in the back of the net. Luckily, nothing came of it. And again, I'll say this because we were talking about it before. I'm supposed to be happy, right, about a result on the road, a tie, a point. Look, we're still undefeated against the East. We are still by far the best in the West. And the best in MLS. That's right. But not by much. But not by much. We'll talk about that in just a second. So I guess I'm supposed to be happy with a tie. I guess... I'm supposed to be happy with the fact that, again, Brian Rodriguez looked pretty good. That other than the one bad play, Tyler Miller probably had his most, let's say, confident game. Let's say consistent game of the last five or six or seven, which we need. I love having Tyler back there. But I'm getting tired of praising a point. I'm ready for wins. I'm ready for more wins. So I know we've got three games left at home. Toronto, the return of Laurent Simon. Houston, the return of Christian Ramirez. Colorado, the end is nigh for Timmy Howard. Those three, I'm sorry, they need to be convincing wins. I'm talking 2 nothing, 3 nothing, 4-1 kind of wins where we not only leave the game with our heads held high, but we start walking with that little dip in our shoulder every now and then, a little bit of swagger as we come off the pitch and we let everybody know, all right, yeah, you know what? Like Scarf said, the season is long but we are ready to win the whole thing because after this regular season ends, we've got to win three more times to hoist the cup. And right now, at least we're grinding out some victories and some results. So that's a good thing. But I want to go back to those days where we were beating teams 5-2, 3-0, 4-1, and walking out of their places with a piece of their turf in our hands going, we took this, have a wonderful flight. Everybody has growing pains. And you know what? We've had our fair share of growing pains. The one nice spot about this situation was that Carlos came back after that hamstring injury where he missed a couple of games and punched in his 28th goal of the season. And that's a positive as far as I'm concerned. Winning on the road is never an easy thing. And the Philadelphia Union aren't a team that's a slouch. 
They really aren't. Again, they basically held on to first or second place for the majority of the season. This is going to be a team to be reckoned with as far as the rest of the playoffs are concerned. I, I, I didn't imagine that we would do too much in terms of dominating them. I'm glad that we walked out with a point. The only thing that really sucks is the fact that NYCFC, my old team, can't stop winning. That is truly what the problem is. I mean, we are seven points ahead of them in the supporter shield, but they're certainly not making it any easier on us. No, you know, they look good. It helps that when you play on the worst pitch in Major League Soccer, but you know what? You're right, Philly. It's a result. It's a point. We'll take it and move on. We got three of our next four at home. Toronto is what's important, and you know what? We welcome the general Back to the bank. I'm really, really curious as to how the 3252 and the LAFC faithful are going to accept Laurent Simon coming in. He he doesn't really play that much for Toronto FC. But I'll tell you this, Scarf. Yeah. I'm going to shelve my Philly jersey. I'm going to shelve my Founders jersey. I'm going to rock my Laurent Simon jersey because regardless of what you feel about him, Regardless of what your thoughts are on him leaving LAFC in the way that he did, in the way that he went to the French League, in the way that he went to a Canadian rival, you cannot doubt the importance of his presence. That very first game of the season where he passed and scored a goal past Stefan Fry that led to our very first win at Bank of California Stadium in the 90-plus minute. I love the general. I don't care who he plays for. As long as he doesn't score against us, nothing but respect, baby. That's right. I will have my yellow kick childhood cancer jersey on. You got one? But, well, no, I'm going to have it by the time that that game rolls around. But underneath that jersey, Philly, I will have my Laurent Simon t-shirt underneath. Uh, so I'll be I'll be supporting Laurent Simon. Real quick, we talked about a supporters shield update. Philly is a tired Philly right now. I'm watching him in the chair right next to me. We'll talk about our supporters shield update really quickly. Of course, that point now puts us at 64 points with just four games remaining, which means we can still get to 76 points on the season. And looking up at the standings at us are NYCFC, the only other team really that has a chance at the supporters shield. They are seven points behind us so we would have to do some serious backing up not to take the supporters shield they again coming from behind to beat san jose at yankee stadium two to one so right now we are seven points clear in the supporters shield race with just four games and like i said three of those four at home a couple of other numbers i just want to update we talked about carlitos notching his 28th we talked about him extending his own single season points record we add another point to our total in the most points in the first two seasons record that we're going after we didn't hurt ourselves in the goal differential race a lot of history still ready to be taken by LAFC but Philly some more history that we're hoping to help out with will be our tailgate on the 21st before the game at Bank of California Stadium, you and I are going to be helping to raise some money for childhood cancer research, awareness, and elimination. We got some new sweet pins in, man. What do you think? They are really sweet. If you remember the song, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. 
We got one of those in the form of a Defenders of the Bank pin that was created by Beer Salt Bob BSB Pins and, of course, your friendly neighborhood scarf. Yeah. They thank are thank really, you again to Bob. Really, yeah, they are really, really dope. $10 is what they cost, but five of those dollars goes to charity. Scarf, why don't you fill in the blanks on that one? Yeah, that's absolutely right. It'll be a $10 donation, and $5 of every pin that is sold is going to the same exact fundraising group that Major League Soccer is raising all of this money for. Again, if you're going to tweet or post anything on Twitter or Instagram, please use the hashtag kick childhood cancer the other thing that we will be doing at our tailgate we've got tons and tons and when i say tons i am talking in the thousands of lafc soccer cards we're talking about everybody from carlos vela to diego rossi to walker zimmerman to tyler miller to adama diamande to latif blessing to edward atuesta Everyone that Tops has made cards for in the last two years. Yes, even some of the greats like Callum Malice and Marco Ureña. Benny, not Quillen Roberts. Not, unfortunately, no Quillen Roberts. The only goalie that has a card for us still is Tyler Miller. But there's even a card with Joao Moutinho, Tristan Blackman, and Bob Bradley all on the same card. All kinds of cool things. And we will be asking for donations in trade for those cards and 100% of all of the money raised at our card sale will go directly to support childhood cancer research awareness and prevention so again we have a couple different things going on the other thing that we want to talk about that we're pretty happy about we are teaming with the fields and free play of course Aaron and James and Brandon and everybody else out there we are helping to co-host the Oktoberfest that'll be happening September 28th, starting at 1 p.m. at the Fields Beer Garden. It's not going to be upstairs on the rooftop bar. It's going to be right downstairs. If you've ever seen the Bank of California Experience Center, the entrance to Free Play and the Fields, it is that cool beer garden right out there in front. Look for the Defender's Tent there on the 28th, starting at 1 p.m., Rumor has it that Christian Philemon will be wearing later hosen. There's no rumor. It's a fact. That's what I'm going to be doing. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That's going to be fun for all the ladies to be able to watch Philly in later hosen. Clearly, they all want to see that. And I just want to give another quick shout out to Ken the Falconer and Alina, who were out there with our very own Scarfette Nina at the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Monica today. I texted Nina. I said, hey, do you need anything? I know you got a long day. She's like, can you just bring bring some sparkling water or something like that. I walked in and there were hundreds of kids going through the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Monica, playing on their structure, partaking in all of the cool different activities and festivities that they had today. And they had to walk right past Bond, our Harris's Hawk, with Ken the Falconer. Alina was there. James was there from the street team. And there were a lot of other people doing a lot of good things over there at Boys and Girls Club of Santa Monica with Nina Alina, Ken, James, and everybody else. So really cool thing there. Philly, I'm excited to have Laurent Simon come back to the bank. You're ready for a nap. This was a fun episode. What do you think? Are we ready to call this one a wrap? The only thing that I want to mention, and I want to address the rumors that came about as a result of Manzukic's plight with Juventus. 
I know that the MLS is a, a new thing for a lot of you, but the rosters are frozen until after the MLS Cup. We're reporting it. Vince LaRosa, one of the voices of LAFC, reported it. It would have been a really, really exciting thing to have Mario on our roster. But the fact of the matter is, it wouldn't have been this season. Where would he have fit into the lineup? We already have three designated players. Anytime a rumor comes out, and if it comes from Europe, I want you to be aware that it's not necessarily going to be real news. Anything that comes out of Italy or Germany or England, unless it's substantiated by something credible, is always going to be just that, a rumor. I can't begin to tell you how many times Ronaldo has left his current club to land on all of our favorite clubs because he (laughs) hates the manager and because he feels that he could probably win the league in Romania versus being in Italy. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but that's what sports rumors that come out of Europe encompass. They're never necessarily credible. If it gets reported on ESPN, Fox Sports, anything U.S.-based, then yes, there might be something behind that. But if you're hearing this from some crazy outlet in Spain or Italy, just remember that Ronaldo was going to play for Zidane on Manchester United 17 years ago. (laughs) Again, I'm being very facetious, but that is exactly how sports reporting works overseas. Well, here's my favorite thing, too. This is the way I look at all of those rumors, Philly. There's a line from Men in Black where Will Smith is talking about the new car and how he's going to drive and everything else. And he turns to Tommy Lee Jones and he says, that was the old and busted. This is the new hotness. And what people need to realize is that we are the new hotness. Anytime a player wants out of his contract and they're looking towards MLS, they're not looking to go play in Carson, a city they've never heard of. Gross. They're not looking to go play in Dallas or Houston or yeah. Orlando or Chicago they or might, even Miami, Seattle or Portland. Though. We're not at Miami yet. Don't say that yet. Hold on. But they're looking over at the black and gold, at the 3252, at the love that we give players like Latif Blessing, like Stephen Betashore, like Eduard Atuesta, like Mark Anthony K, and very obviously like Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela. They're looking at these things going, oh my goodness, this could be me. So they float our name out there as leverage. I would love to at least be the one that everybody looks at from afar and longs for wistfully rather than to be some of these other MLS teams where people don't even look in their direction. I mean, look at how the Wayne Rooney experiment went in D.C. Not so well. Worked well for Wayne Rooney, though. Jeez, yeah, right? Head coach at Derby County next year. That's going to be a lot of fun. So look, the way I look at it, what Philly said is absolutely right. 99 times out of 100, these rumors are nothing more than somebody sitting behind a keyboard in Italy or in France or somewhere else typing out what they want to happen in the hopes that they could be the one that broke the story first and was right. But I'd rather have them be mentioned with LAFC than for us to be looking longingly like the rest of the league does at us. And I think with that being said, Philly, that'll wrap up this episode of Defenders of the Bank. Again, don't forget to come out 
and see us at our tailgate on the 21st at Christmas Tree Lane before the second coming of Laurent Simon. And again, if you're not following Defenders of the Bank on Facebook or Instagram at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank, also check out Center Mid Chicks on Twitter and Facebook. Philly, you know how we like to end our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.